Reverend Robert Collins is with us again this today. Uh, some of you do not know him, so I'm going to give you a slight introduction here. Um, Reverend Robert was introduced to Science of Mind in the early 1990s. He embraced the philosophy and teaching, teachings rediscovering his true nature as a spiritual being. He enrolled in classes and became a licensed practitioner spiritual coach in 1997. In 2008, he earned his Master's of Art degree in Consciousness Studies and became an ordained minister with Centers for Spiritual Living in 2011. He currently serves as a minister at large in Northern California. He used to be our district representative, and that's how we met him um, years ago, a number of years ago. So he has he is now our guest speaker every Sunday until we find our new senior minister, Reverend Robert Collins. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you, Michelle. Um, beautiful music this morning. Um, your song title was so appropriate. Um, there was one line that I made a note of, and it says, come into my own. And that really is in alignment with what our topic is about this morning, self-mastery. You know, I give kudos to the team of ministers that work so diligently to put together the themes for the year. Uh, there's an annual theme, and then there's a monthly theme, and then suggested topics for each week. And the suggested topic for this week is self-mastery. And self-mastery really is a lifelong journey, but we get a little snippet of time to introduce you to, and maybe open that window a little bit to what self-mastery is all about. In addition to uh, coming up with the themes, they also recommend a book of the month. And the book of the month this, this for November is The Tao of Leadership. And I've offered this to Bobby as a suggestion for leadership. And I also offer it to each one of you as a personal um, resource to support you on this journey that is called self-mastery. I just want to share with you, um, well, first of all, I would like to, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge Veterans Day that is being celebrated tomorrow and a special shout out to anyone in the community this morning who is a veteran. If you are a veteran, um, just wave your hand or raise your hand. Thank you for your service. We honor you and we are eternally grateful. I want to share a few quotes from um, John Hyder from the Tao of Leadership. And I want to start with what he offers as a brief definition of the Tao. And I think you will, you will see how it relates to our teachings in Science of Mind. He begins by saying the Tao means how things happen, how things work, 
The Tao is the simple principle underlying all creation. In other words, the Tao is God. Tao cannot be defined because it applies to everything. You cannot define something in terms of itself. Tao is a principle. And what do we study in Science of Mind? We study principle. We teach principle. Creation, on the other hand, is a process. That is all there is. Principle and process. And so he goes on to offer these ideas for leadership. And um, the, the topic for this month is spiritually motivated moral leadership. Now, we're not going to get into the judgment area about the moral leadership of uh, wherever it is that your attention happens to land. <laughs> but I think we can focus on and identify and talk about the moral leadership within ourselves and within our own spiritual community because we do make a difference. We are here to be the change that we wish to see. And so he offers this idea, these ideas to us. Inner resources. To know how other people behave takes intelligence. But to know myself takes wisdom. Equal treatment. Natural law is blind. Its justice is even-handed. People are not better than the rest of creation. Neither is one person or one people better than the rest of humanity. Why play favorites? One person is as worthy as the next. And I must admit that this sometimes is a little bit of a personal challenge for me. And I recently came back from, or was, was recently on a cruise on vacation, and um, had to constantly remind myself that everyone that was on that cruise ship, regardless of what the outer physical expression was, and that was where my judgment came in, but each individual that was there is an expression of the divine and that they are where they are by right of their consciousness in this very moment, just as I am where I am by right of my own consciousness in this moment. So that was a continual reminder for me. And being around a, a group of people in that condensed setting um, certainly was my focus to remember I am where I am because of where I am. They are where they are because of who they are. And there is no difference. There is no distinction. The universe is blind. And then the third point that he offers is beyond techniques. The leader's personal state of consciousness creates a climate of openness. The group needs a leader for guidance and facilitation. Being centered and grounded gives the leader stability, flexibility, and endurance. And I selected this particular statement out of the book because I think it's appropriate for CSL Monterey, where you are on your journey right now, uh, that gap between um, that, that consciousness that 
is established within the community of your desire for an ideal minister. And knowing that that consciousness is reaching out and connecting with and is calling into your presence that individual that is going to be the one to facilitate the consciousness of the community. Uh, yes, the minister's going to come in and they'll have their own ideas and their own goals. And yet, it is the community that exists. It is the community that is holding itself together. It is this community that is created out of love and harmony and fellowship and friendship and inclusivity that is going to attract someone who has those same values and those same goals. And so the leader's consciousness creates a climate of openness. And so this is what I would encourage you to allow your focus and your attention to be, is to create that climate of openness. Now, this is where the personal responsibility becomes important. And this is where we begin to focus on self-mastery. As I indicated earlier, self-mastery is a lifelong discovery. In our Science of Mind textbook, Dr. Holmes identifies uh, what he calls the great discovery. And I'm going to paraphrase that because um, Holmes and some of his writing can get very heady. For any of you who have spent any time in the textbook or maybe taken some classes. In essence, what Dr. Holmes is saying is that this great discovery is coming to the awareness that our conscious mind is a part of our unified being with the Supreme Spirit, which is God. We are individualized expressions of the Supreme Spirit. We have a separate identity, but are not separated from the whole. Our stated, or stated another way, each one is an independent offspring of God, functioning individually. I really liked that, that particular definition. Uh, to see myself as an offspring of this divine creation. And yet I am functioning individually and yet not independently. So it, it becomes somewhat of a, uh, of a seesaw, if you will, or, or a riddle. However, in Holmes explaining the great discovery, he says that being individual or functioning individually as an independent offspring of God is what allows God to fully express. And that is why we are here, to fully express as the divine, to fully express as individualized creations of pure spirit. This also is another way of identifying the first step of spiritual mind treatment or this whole idea of oneness. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. And that life is my life now. I am recognizing the supreme being. I'm recognizing my oneness. And I am recognizing that I am an individualized expression of the one. And as this is true for me, it is true for all of us. No one is excluded from this. There's a story that I um, came across in an email that I subscribed to. 
And for me, it was an illustration of oneness and an illustration of being together in partnership, being together in community. And it's a story about a, a lion, a tiger, and a bear becoming lifelong friends after being rescued as cubs. And so the story begins that the, the lion, the tiger, and the bear are, they are not meant to live in a pack. And not every animal has been through the trauma that forged the bond between these normally opposing male predators. Now, all three of these are males. Back in 2001, some of you may be familiar with this story, the police raided a drug dealer's home in Atlanta, Georgia. And in the basement, they came across this heartbreaking sight. There sat three terrified, malnourished, and parasite-ridden cubs that certainly did not belong in anyone's home. The African lion, who they named Leo, had been stuffed inside of a small crate with an open wound on his face. Shri Khan, the Bengal tiger, the Bengal tiger was emaciated and the black bear, Baloo, was wearing a harness so small that it, it had embedded in his flesh. But their nightmare was finally over. The Georgia Department of Natural Resources took them to Noah's Ark Animal Sanctuary, a nonprofit animal rescue located in Locust Grove, Georgia. And from here, they would spend the rest of their days on a beautiful 250-acre property. They'd already been through enough trauma in their short lives, and so the um, people that care for animals knew that they could not be released back into the wild. When they were first brought to the sanctuary, injured and frightened, they clanged they were clinging to one another for comfort. And as they got more comfortable, they groomed each other, cuddled, and played together. Clearly, there was a bonded trio. The sanctuary staff anticipated the need to separate the friends once they reached sexual maturity, as they would, grow, as they would likely grow apart. After all, it is a natural order in the animal kingdom. But the trio, known as BLT, Bear, Lion, Tiger, never left each other's side. The sanctuary ultimately decided to keep them together. And so for 15 years, Baloo, Leo, and Shri Khan lived, slept, and ate in the same habitat. After surviving such horror together, they could not have been happier. Baloo, the playful one, loved teasing Leo with gentle bites, and the affectionate Shri Khan could often be found snuggling up against his brothers. Even though they lived in a three-acre enclosure, they were usually within 100 feet of each other. The proof that they were not just coexisting or cohabitating they actually enjoyed one another's company. 
Leo and Shrikan spent the rest of their lives with Baloo until they passed away, respectively, in 2016 and 2018. Baloo was there for both of their burials and a constant presence in their final days. While everyone in the sanctuary is still heartbroken over their deaths, they find solace in knowing that they gave all three a fantastic life together. And they're making sure Baloo knows that he isn't alone. Rest in peace, Leo and Shri Khan. The world will never forget your beautiful story and your survival of friendship. In our Science of Mind textbook, this quote from Dr. Holmes uh, reminds me a little bit of the story that I just shared with you. And he writes, all nature waits on the individual recognition of cooperation with her laws. Nature waits on us to recognize and cooperate with her laws. And as always, nature is always ready to obey our will. But we must use nature's force in accordance with her laws and in cooperation with her purpose, which is goodness, truth, and beauty. Basic principles, the teachings of science of mind. Goodness, truth, and beauty. These are required if we wish to attain self-mastery. This human experience that we are a part of is a process. Remember uh, early in our readings, John Hyder in the book talks about principle and process. Creation is principle and it is also a process. And the process is where the self with a capital S is revealed to the self with the lower S and the larger self must rise the lower self by the larger self. Another riddle. To make this a little bit clearer, self with a capital S is our divine beingness. It is our connection with source, our connection with spirit. Mastery is the use that we make of the connective substance, the infinite potential that is within each and every one of us. Self-mastery relates to our divine connection to source, which is God. And so it is always bringing us back into the recognition and the alignment that we are one with source. And as even though we are individualized creations and expressions, there is a oneness. We do not stand alone with, within our respective places. The secret of spiritual power is a consciousness of one's union with the whole and the availability of good. We are one with universal creativeness, which is the God of theology, the spirit of mysticism, the reality of philosophy, and the principles of science. God is accessible to all people. And this is from Can We Talk to God by Ernest Holmes. Stephen Covey in The Principle-Centered Leadership offers this definition of self-mastery. He says self-mastery requires responsibility, 
the ability to choose our response to any circumstances or condition. When we are response-able, our commitment becomes more powerful than our moods or circumstances, and we keep the promises and the resolutions we make. Um, responsibility, for me, the way, the way I make it plain to myself is the choice that I make in whatever situation I find myself in that I may define difficult or upsetting, annoying, or whatever, um, it's whether I choose to react to that experience, react to the people and the situation around, or do I choose to take that holy breath, take that moment to go within and say to myself, when have you behaved in that way or when have you acted out in this way? And it's bringing back to my awareness that I, have, that I am responsible for my own life, for my own reaction to, my own response to, whatever the circumstances are. This is how I define self-mastery. Self-mastery is applicable in all areas of our life, not just in the spiritual area. You know, when I was coming through um, and taking the classes in preparation to become a licensed practitioner, self-mastery was one of the classes. And, of course, the focus there was the preparation for mastery of self moving into the professional category of licensed practitioner. And the focus is also on the individual self recognizing who we are as individuals, remembering who we are as individualized expressions of spirit, and then connecting the dots, if you will, that take us from point A to point B to point C, remembering that we are, number one, spiritual beings living in this human experience. We are one with God. All of the qualities of God are operating in each one of us. Self-mastery and enlightenment are a journey and not a destination to reach. Rise up when you fall. Be a beast. This is a term that is used in fitness and exercise uh, classes. Stay true to your goals. Motivate your friends. Tell them they are worth it. Never lose individual focus. This is how we attain enlightenment. And this is how we experience self-mastery. The teacher in me came out as I was preparing for this talk this morning. And so I have a pop quiz for you. Don't you love pop quizzes? Life is so full of them at all times. <laughs> The one this morning is um, an invitation to look at the story that we keep telling ourselves. What is our self-talk? Is the story about ourselves one that empowers or disempowers? What do I say my, to myself the first thing in the morning when I get up? First of all, I give thanks for the new day, the new beginning. 
the new life that is unfolding on that particular day. The next question in our pop quiz is, do I see myself as a loser or as a winner? Remember, this is all about choice. And the next question that I ask, is my glass half empty or half full? And again, it gets back to perspective. What is our perspective? Now, in this pop quiz, we're not talking about uh, affirmations such as, I am a champion, or I am the best at whatever it is that you're the best at. The question is, am I focusing on the very process of who I am becoming as a person? This is our journey of self-mastery. Focus on who am I becoming as a person? Do I like me? Do I, do I appreciate being alone with me? Can I be in the silence with me? Or do I have to have something to distract? Who am I becoming as a person? This includes my drive, my disappointments, my sadness, my joy, and an appreciation for everything that is part of this jigsaw that is called life. Our past exists and has helped us to become who we are. Self-mastery is being transcendent, living in the present moment, being equal to every occasion, and using the skills that make up who and what we have already become. Remember that each one of our life experiences has prepared us for where we are in this very moment. And we get to look back on those experiences and evaluate them as whatever way we choose to define them. But always keep in mind, those experiences have laid a foundation. They have become the stepping stones, the stair steps, the ramps, whatever it is that has moved us through life. All of these experiences have prepared us for where we are right here, right now, in this very moment. There is nothing too great. Good news, there is nothing too great and there is no obstacle that you cannot surmount, no obstruction that cannot dissipate the power of the truth, the truth of our being, the truth of our being, individualized expressions of the divine. Nothing can conquer this truth if we are clear on our embodiment of this truth. You know, we, we can sit here on Sunday morning, we can sit in classes, we can sit in lectures, we can sit in meetings, wherever we are, and we can absorb, you know, and take in all of these feel-good statements, and, you know, they feel good in the moment, and we leave out, and life continues to be the way it was. It is our embodiment of these principles. It is our taking them on, um, 
You know, and, and I'm using an exterior motion, but the embodiment has to come from within. The embodiment has to be within our heart, within our mind, within our consciousness. And this is why we are called to remember the principle of the truth of who we are as spiritual beings. And so as you go about your day in your relationships at work, at home, and all points in between, take the time to ask, what would the highest vision of myself say or do in this situation? This, I submit to you, is the true test of self-mastery, is to ask that question. What would the highest version that part of me that has embodied these spiritual principles that I have um, engaged in and that I practice. What would my highest self say or do in this situation? And allow your higher self to reveal what the response is. There's a mantra that I use. Actually, um, I learned it a long time ago. There's a story that... Um, Dr. Edward Villon uh, shared with us about one of his trips to Bali. Um, they had bought um, some mala beads, similar to what I'm wearing this morning. And there was one of those rare opportunities to meet with the head monk of the monastery uh, that was in the local area. And of course, there was the, the language barrier, uh, but Dr. Edward says that uh, the monk noticed him with the mala beads. And um, the question was, you chant. And there was a moment of hesitation, and their response was, yes. And so the monk asked for a demonstration of the chant, and this is the chant that they offered. There's one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There's one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. And, you know, I, I have these fall, fall back to or fall into, fall into affirmations that I use when I find myself in situations like, okay, I need, some, I need a little extra guidance here, spirit. And, and this has become one of my main go-to affirmations. And I, and I had an opportunity to use it while I was on vacation. Um, it was a support for me as I walked the lap track on the cruise ship. You know, just, um, and, and I used a hand motion. You know, each, each finger was, was uh, a decade of the mantra, if you will. And um, it, it, just, it just really supported me. And so that's, this is what I offer to you. To, in this journey of self-mastery, in this journey of, of self-discovery, in this journey of reawakening, to the very essence of who you are. Find a mantra, find a phrase, find a word, find a prayer, find a, something that you commit to memory that is your fall into. We're not falling backwards. Life is taking us forward. So what is going to be my fall into mantra or statement or idea that is going to remind me to ask what is my higher self calling me to be and do in this present moment? And the affirmation that I would like for us to 
um, to say together this morning. I will say it, then I will ask you to repeat it. The affirmation is, all that I am reflects the one. All that I do in word and deed is my expression of my highest self in mastery. And so I'll say it slowly. All that I am reflects the one. All that I do in word and deed is my expression of my highest self in mastery. And there you have it. An eight-week class on self-mastery in, what, 20, 25 minutes? <laughs> Thank you very much for your attention. It is always an honor and a pleasure to be with you. <laughs>